Fast mateys, welcome aboard Absorbent and Yellow, the podcast where me and my friends talk about the making of and our admiration for SpongeBob SquarePants. Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing ARG and the classic episode Rock Bottom. I'm very excited after this episode and the discussion we're going to be getting out of it. But before we get to that, we've got a special guest on the podcast today, uh, guest Matthew Constant. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Awesome. Well, so me and Matt uh, have known each other literally since we were kids and grew up um, both with a love for SpongeBob, um, watching it, quoting it together throughout elementary school and beyond. But uh, before we get into uh, discussing the episodes, Matt, could you just tell us some about uh, your history with SpongeBob, what it meant to you growing up? Yeah, of course. Uh, I watched SpongeBob, you know, pretty much all through my childhood. And I even watched it past when it stopped getting good, you know, and like I even watched it when it started getting super weird and everything. But uh, I watched the first couple seasons, like maybe 20 or 30 times each. It was just kind of always on in my house. We were kind of a family where the TV was always just on. And so SpongeBob more often than not was on. It was also one that, you know, my dad really liked. And so it was kind of something a lot of the family watched together, but also it's just something that I feel like, you know, if you're over a certain age, we just all know those episodes, or at least a good portion of people will just know kind of a fair amount about SpongeBob. Totally. Yeah, it's wild how it just like connects every generation. My wife teaches high school students, and even though they were literally born after these episodes aired, uh, they all know seasons one through three, especially season one. Um, my dad also loved SpongeBob. I-, I think that I know why, but why do you think it is that our dads were drawn to the show? You know what I mean? Like it's it wasn't just like yeah. another throwaway cartoon. I think I like realized that more as I was watching some of them kind of in preparation for this, uh, you know, it's like adult humor. It's not, it's not humor. That's like, as I, as I watched it again, you know, kind of as an adult and I probably Mm -hmm. haven't watched a full of SpongeBob in like, you know, 10 years, uh, at least it was just kind of remarkable how much of, you know, the episodes were not really about like being a kid or, you know, kid stuff or like adventures under the sea. Most of them were kind of like, you know, about adult stuff that happens right. in weird you know, kind of unnameable uh, phenomenon of just living your life. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons I remember my dad said that, like, specifically, it really appealed to, you know, he's like, this is like a lot of this humor is like for adults, too. Right. And I remember him saying, which always made me feel good about watching it, too, because, you know, as a little kid you know, half of most of what you watch, your parents think it's just complete trash. Totally. So I was yeah. glad, you know, we yeah. can agree on one thing. Kind of, I kind of got that from the beginning that like part of what was interesting about SpongeBob was that like, I always felt like I, there were some parts I weren't, wasn't really getting, you know, so right. there was mystery behind it too. And I, I realized now that those parts were like, totally just adult humor, like either sarcasm or irony that I couldn't understand at the time or, even just a lot of like words and stuff. I just really didn't get, you know, but totally. I think that's part of it. It's so good. I want to keep gushing about it, but we should get into yeah, yeah. the right. episode. No, no, don't apologize. Uh, but yeah, so we've got the episodes ARG and Rock Bottom, really awesome, uh, just exposés of the unique characters of uh, this show. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's jump right into episode one, ARG. ARG. 
They should have been here hours ago. Arr. Not a customer in sight. If I don't make any money today, I'll surely break out in a rash. Yippee! Huh. I'm rich. Look, Patrick. Eight gold doubloons. Wait, I saw it first. Yeah. Mine, mine. Huh? Boy, Mr. Krabs, you sure are sweaty. What's this? Where are the doubloons? Ah, there are no real doubloons, Mr. Krabs. It's a game, the Flying Dutchman's Treasure Hunt. Based on a real treasure map. Take a break and play around with us. Yeah, come on, sweaty. Have you finished cleaning the tables? I clean the tables, Mr. Krabs. Aye, but did you scrape all the gum off the underside? I already took care of it. <laughs> all right, lads. Looks like you've shanghaied me. My turn. Five. <laughs> One of your shipmates has been a bad pirate. Send him to the brig. Mm. It's off to jail for you, Mr. Krabs. Patrick, you're fired. But I don't even work here. Would you like a job starting now? Boy, would I. You're fired. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh. So such a good opening to the episode. It just like immediately there's just so much funny going on. Uh, really gross. SpongeBob and Patrick chewing the gum from underneath the table. But such a good immediate like expose of how fun and childlike SpongeBob and Patrick are and how serious and in need of a break uh, Mr. Krabs is. No. Yeah. I I. I... The first thing that hit me was just like, oh, I've had this experience. You know, we've had a, we've all had like a slow day mm -hmm. at, at the office or whatever, or slow day at work. And then like, you don't really get a terrible amount done, but you and your boss kind of hang out or you and your <laughs> right. coworkers hang out weird. And you kind of learn too much about them. Right. I, I've definitely had experience where like, even, you know, even if you just like, I remember uh, one of our employees was leaving one time and I had a drink with a boss, you uh -huh. know, and I just remember afterwards being like, Oh, there's a reason like you don't hang out with your boss. Right. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I've definitely had it where like, it was just a day where nobody wanted to work. So we all kind of like just hung out and stuff. And those days are the weirdest because it's like, you know, suddenly work is turned into a social situation. And uh -huh. similarly in that it's so funny to see how like just not good at like hanging out and being a friend like Mr. Krabs is, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's so good. Like uh, it, it's really, really rare that you see Mr. Krabs interact with SpongeBob outside of work. And basically every yeah. time that it happens, it's super awkward and goes super poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, it's, it's like SpongeBob and Patrick kind of realizing that like, you know, Mr. Krabs is like a shyster, you know, like right. he sucks. Right. <laughs> He's not uh -huh. fun. He always gets the money. And as you can see, like he just takes things too seriously, wants to win too bad. You know, like he just is like na naturally just like greedy, you know, <laughs> like, uh -huh. like SpongeBob's like, you know, naive, like looking up to Mr. Krabs, like wears off as the episode goes on, which is just <laughs> right. funny to see. Yeah. We're, we're going to get to that in a little bit, but I, I absolutely love, uh, Anytime that SpongeBob gets angry, because he normally is so like bright eyed uh, and cheery, you know, mm -hmm. but um, that Mr. Krabs will not let it go. I love him like screaming at him like, Mr. Krabs, I want to go to bed. Uh, like yeah. they've kind of reversed roles and he has to be the adult in the situation. 
Um, I also think it's so well observed uh, how hard it is to quit a board game, like how awkward that is. You're yeah. playing Catan or something with someone and someone just wants to keep going and like you just don't have the heart uh, to be yeah. the one to be like, hey, we should stop and go home. And then just so cute, SpongeBob like dragging Patrick as he's fallen asleep <laughs> playing the board game. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's like, that's like the great part about the writing is like, you see him spiral and you see like, you see SpongeBob, you know, like just his opinion of Mr. Krabs kind of start to change in real, right. real time, uh-huh. you know, and I, I love that too. And I, I just like that, you know, SpongeBob is not like the kind of character that, you know, uh, takes everything from any, you know, he's not like a right. wimp as much right. as he's just kind of like eager, you know, <laughs> I'm ready, you know, yeah so good and so uh they are totally done with the board game doesn't want to hear any more about it uh but but so quickly he's so easily won over back into this like uh wonderlust of of viewing the world like magic when mr crab shows up in a pirate ship ready to take spongebob and patrick uh on a pirate adventure spongebob and patrick are aboard the ship uh, and they are trying to use pirate speak to to let Mr. Krabs know uh, what's coming over the horizon. Captain, we're about to hit the. I mean, uh, arg, cap, arg, we're arg, about arg to hit arg. Out with it, man! Arg, arg, think arg. He's trying arg to say. Land. From now on, only the captain says, Arg. Status report, Mr. Squarepants. The whole ship is underwater, Captain. <laughs> That's just so funny. They, like, constantly go back and forth between they are underwater, but then also they're yeah. above, they're talking like they're above yeah. water, and they're aware of the fact that, yeah, the, it's a sunken yeah. ship. Like, Yeah, SpongeBob totally admits it by being like, we're it's entirely underwater, like how it always was. <laughs> right. <laughs> so many times you know it's it's mostly like give patrick and spongebob a fun thing like and like any instructions and just watch them go from there you know whether it's like put on this pirate garb or it's like you know like learn how to talk like a pirate they Mm -hmm. always just like get it phenomenally wrong but like are so (laughs) <laughs> right and and it's so clever too how uh you know spongebob and patrick because they're just so like childlike um you give them a fun premise like that and they'll just like take it a mile you know uh yeah. and, and it could be something as simple as you know blowing bubbles or a piece of paper um but something as extreme as like we're gonna pretend to be pirates is like incredible you know in uh, makes sense why they'd be just so dumbfounded like Mr. Krabs, who just earlier yesterday was telling us that like, you know, board games are a waste of time or whatever. He's putting on this like whole pirate adventure for us. This is incredible. But then also really clever, uh, just storytelling um, structure that, you know, you you get this repetition of, uh, come on, Mr. Krabs, have fun. Okay, I'll have fun. They're all about it. And then Mr. Krabs takes it way too seriously and goes off the deep end, yeah. um, no pun intended. Yeah. But then that they would just so quickly go back to like, oh, yes, yeah, let's have fun uh, and not stop to think like, oh, Mr. Krabs is about to take this way too seriously, like he literally just did yesterday. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like he just like they, they still like don't have that like, you know, decision making skills to be like, you know, they're always going to be ready for it, you right. know, and, and like excited to do it. And then like con- 
importantly, Mr. Krabs is like, you know, he also is like it, the, the episode shows that like he is so, you know, like manipulative and like, right. you know, it's a lot about is like how he like totally tugs at their emotions you know mm-hmm. in all these different ways and how like there's all these scenes where he kind of like goads goads them on you know and it's like let's keep doing this and right he kind of just like you know holds different carrots in front of them right and it's kind of a little bit about that too you're right like how mr krabs like is totally a, a board game ruiner you know like he's totally one of those guys i could so see this episode coming about by just like specific experience with someone playing a board game right. and i mean like it's totally totally like that in this episode like how their childlike nature is like protecting them from like failing and totally. like from not feeling bad, losing and stuff and that's amazing how like the show is like be like spongebob and not like mr Krabs. yeah totally you know? well i love yeah. that you say that because i really really appreciate that uh the Hilarity comes out of SpongeBob assuming the best of Mr. Krabs and the Mr. Krabs kind of manipulating yeah. them. But I just really appreciate that the moral of the story isn't don't be like SpongeBob because you'll get the wool pulled over your eyes, you know, but rather like, no, be like SpongeBob. Yeah. Just don't be like Mr. Krabs. But SpongeBob wasn't right. wrong to assume the best of Mr. Right. Krabs, you know? He just knows how to have fun. Yeah. And so I love you, like you said, uh, you know, they literally come a, a, across uh, a, a three-leaf kelp, or I can't remember specifically what plant, but Mr. Krabs yeah. uh, plucks a leaf off of it <laughs> to ensure that everything's going exactly how he wants. Um, and then they start marching uh, east. Where's the X? Supposed to be right here. 10,000 paces east. Oh, east? I thought you said weast. Weast? What kind of compass are you reading, lad? This one, sir. That's West, Patrick. You're fired again. <laughs> what is it about that scene that is just, it's burned into everybody's memory, you know? I mean, how many how many times has someone made that joke, right? Weast. You know, right. like, I, I have no idea. I That was one of those that, like, kind of, you know, there's a lot of jokes in here that, like, really hold up to me. And then that one, I was so like, wow, that's just, like... Patrick being a dope, you know, right, it's right. like, it's like, how is that, that it's just like, you know, but it's also just totally about like, you know, the, the adventure is like not in where you're going, you know, totally. like, uh-huh. especially how Mr. Krabs just totally like, it's like, oh, here's what we're looking for. And like pulls one of the leaves off. It's like, right. it's totally, yeah. And, and then just, you know, like also just is like Patrick is just he's gonna ruin everything. He's so is SpongeBob, but like right. anything they're involved in is not gonna come off perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know. And I also love like the characters are very much designed to I mean they're each designed to pull something out of SpongeBob, right? But so yeah. when you do see two side characters interact, you get like really fun and interesting uh, chemistry. And so like Patrick and Mr. Krabs were not designed to interact with each other, but when they do, it's just so fun seeing Patrick like address him as sir, no. try to give him like respects. Like he doesn't really know SpongeBob's boss that well. And he just doesn't like, and, but he just also is like not a good work, you know, like right. he's not like SpongeBob at all when he just doesn't like perceive the mistakes he makes and stuff like that. <laughs> just a little slow, I guess. Slow on the uptick, yeah. One, especially yeah. SpongeBob like looks up to him and like the way that they play off of each other is that, you know, Patrick is the street smart one 
And yeah. when he's like, oh, no, I have this figured out, SpongeBob. SpongeBob's just like, wow, you're right, you know? And that yeah. he'll catch him downtown. He'll teach him how to drive. You know, he'll teach him how to be uh, nice. fancy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Patrick, strangely, just because you can kind of tell he's a little bit more like worldly in a totally. weird way. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not as like naive as SpongeBob is. You're right. So many episodes... Patrick kind of takes on this, like, oh, you naive SpongeBob, you know, and gives him some kind of like advice. It's not exactly right, but like right. also totally plays that role of like, you know, maybe a older sibling who would like to help, but does it in a condescending way or right. gives you like bad advice or something like that. <laughs> That's right. just kind of like he plays the uh, older cousin role or something uh-huh. like that, uh-huh. where he's well, like, it, reckless, yeah. But really, he's been around though you know right Right. yeah and but only spongebob would be able to look up to him because spongebob assumes the best of everyone and so if you have that quality like spongebob then totally you would take advice from patrick you know but if you're like squidward you're like i need to cross to the other side of the street if i see this guy so uh spongebob and patrick you know they're convicted mr krabs is like i need a loyal crew but i don't have one and and you know they're on the verge of tears like no we'll be loyal for you um i love this interaction between them uh sleeping outside and i gotta say it's it it reminded me quite a bit of a scene um from another episode tell me if you can recognize um this dialogue I'm so loyal, I don't even mind sleeping on the cold, hard ground while Captain Crab sleeps in his warm, dry tent. I'm so loyal, I haven't bathed in weeks. Well, we've only been out for a few hours. I know. (laughs) I'm so loyal, I don't want to sleep till we find the treasure. Let's see if the captain will go now. Captain Captain Crabs! He's not here. I just, I swear that it it's the same joke as the hibernation episode where they say, I'm so cold. Oh, I'm shivering. <laughs> oh my God. It's totally like a SpongeBob thing to take like, you know, you know, an inarguably, you know, terrible situation that he should be mad about and be like, oh yeah, this is like what it's about. And like, try to like, you know, try to try to make himself feel better about it by just being like, Oh, I'm so loyal that I'm going to, you know, like <laughs> right. trying to like find the, it. it's so funny how he does that because uh, there's no reason why I, even though I know now watching the episode, like what comes next, uh, I, I, every time I rewatch it, relive that curiosity when I was a kid of like, Oh, what is the map? Like I'm on the edge of my seat oh, as I- they're opening it. Patrick, what are you doing? Nothing. Patrick, you're not supposed to look at the map. I'm not looking. I'm touching. There's no rule against that, is there? No. Guess there isn't. Oops. Patrick, it opened by itself. Ah! <laughs> the map. The map. The map. I gotta see it. I gotta look at it and see if you want on with... SpongeBob. Yeah? Did you notice something familiar about this map? You mean like... That it's our game board taped to a piece of paper? Do you think this is a problem? Sneaking peeks at the treasure map. That's mutiny on my ship. So you think old Captain Krabs has gone crazy, do you? Not at all, Captain Krabs. We don't think that at all. I think that. (laughs) I think that. (laughs) 
So good and so clever. And again, just SpongeBob like switching now to just like talking like an adult. Like, you mean like the fact that it's our board game taped to a map? <laughs> it's just so good. I know, I know, I know. Like how uh, how they instantly are like creeped out. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, I, I love that because I didn't even really get that like that feeling when I was like when I rewatched it. I remember specifically being like, "Oh, they're mad because now they're out in the middle of nowhere and there is no treasure." And I'm like, "No, they're scared and concerned." <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> like, so clearly lost, you know, track of like what's real and what's not, you know, which uh-huh. is like goes back. Like I wrote it down in my notes, but like how the. It's, it's like the world is not a game board, you know, like it just doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> you know, like you actually have an experience like that because you have it in a board game or you can't somehow copy, you know, a board game. And so like, I didn't realize how like their concern and the weird, like that part where their eyes go back in and Mr. Krabs is there. It's not because they looked at the map. It's because like, yeah. you know, he kind of like told on himself a little, you know, like uh-huh. it's like Mr. Krabs like insane you know what I mean? yeah at least it's, it's very alfred hitchcock-esque yeah like where you're like oh my god like this man who's leading us and who we've we, we've been loyal to is like really losing it you yeah know? <laughs> it's so like, good yeah obviously they they dig up the treasure uh the flying dutchman wants to know who dug up his treasure uh and the episode gets very intense very epic uh before it escalates really by the end Treasure. So you two scallywags dug up me treasure. Well, you saved me a lot of digging, you did. So here's a reward for the two of yous. Wow. Two gold doubles. Wait! I'm captain of this crew! Where's my reward? Hmm, I guess you're right. A little something for your trouble. Gold, 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 gold. Huh? It's just a little plastic treasure chest. Plastic! Aye, but it's based on a real treasure chest. Gee, <laughs> Mr. Krabs, you're looking all sweaty again. <laughs> <laughs> such a good ending and it's honestly um, just a perfect episode of spongebob so fun and so cute and so uh, playful yeah i i i love the ending because you know mr krabs plays a game the whole episode and he gets a game reward you know like right. and the only people who are actually in some way rewarded for it is totally uh it's it's like it's Patrick and SpongeBob. They're the only ones who actually get something out of it because they right. were actually having fun. That's so perfect. So that's a uh, arg, just classic SpongeBob. Uh, I really like five out of five SpongeBob, and just like a perfect example of what makes this show so great. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will be back with the truly classic episode, Rock Bottom. Day at Glove World. <laughs> Let me get my wallet. Wait, let me check this. Pocket. No, Patrick, you got any change? How much do you need? 
How much is it? Fifty cents. Fifty cents. Boop. Let me check my other pocket. Forget it! What did you say? Just take your seat! Thanks, mister. Yeah, whatever. Show me what you got at Glove World. Okay, here's my glove light. Whoa. I see you. Ah! <laughs> I got gloves for my glove action figure. Cool. Hey, SpongeBob? Yeah, Patrick? Where's leaving Bikini Bottom? Where did you see that? We just passed the sign. You are now in leaving Bikini Bottom. <gasps> what? What's wrong, SpongeBob? Patrick, I think we're on the wrong back with the episode rock bottom this has got to be one of the most iconic spongebob episodes ever and so uh disturbing <laughs> in a weird way um but in also like an innocent and and fun way um i love how right away this episode just throws you into the deep end the fact that they're at glove world makes no sense but it doesn't matter um they're mm -hmm. just they're just at glove world that's just what it is <laughs> and they jump on the bus right away they they've missed their bus stop and they're they're going um to a marine trench all the way down to rock bottom um you were talking earlier about how this is just like a perfect example of fears that you actually have as a kid uh such mm -hmm. as i'm gonna get on the wrong bus well it's funny you mentioned that uh doug lawrence aka um the voice of plankton and one of the writers on the show uh in an interview said that he came up with the pres uh, premise of this episode um based on real life experience of being a kid and getting on the wrong bus and not being allowed to get off of the bus with his friends until they circled all the way around the bus route so just so uh -huh. clever how relatable that is yeah i mean i i i have had that experience too and i like really challenge anyone who hasn't been around buses or a city or something like that to not you know or anything to like not have had a weird experience like that i remember the first time like one of the first days i was in pittsburgh um where i live and you know i used to go to school i i got on this bus and i just assumed it would turn around, you know, right. because I was kind of really, I was like, well, if I just get on one side of this, all I had to do was cross the street. But I'm like, oh, if I'm on this, you know, the bus came and I was like, I'll just ride it around. Right. And then uh, very clearly we came to the end of the line. I realized that that was not the case. You know, it doesn't right. turn around. It doesn't, it doesn't loop. I thought it just went in a big circle all day. That is not what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so immediately the bus driver's like, you have to get off. And I was well outside of Pittsburgh and I like walked like, you know, an hour and a half to get back home or something like that. And I felt like an idiot the whole way because I was just like, how could this not happen? But I also, it dropped me off in the middle of this random place. I had no idea where I was, you know? And so it's super relatable, this experience, but it's also just, I love how this episode right away, it puts you in the experience. You know, they were just at Glove World. They had a great blast there and you almost want to go back to Glove World, you know? You're right. like, oh, what was that but that's not what this is about. This is about having that, you know, high of being in glove world, at least like from a very little kid standpoint of like being at a amusement park or something like that. And then it's about the ride home, which is a very specific feeling, you know, and it's a, it's a very specific premise too. You're tired. You've had a good day. All you want now is to return home. 
And it's like, it would have been different if they had just gotten on the bus and ended up somewhere else, you know, like that's not like what the episode's about. The episodes is, is like about really wanting to go home. I just love the way that that immediately the exposition is just like, they had fun. They all they want to do is get home with all the stuff they had. And they are immediately thrown into a situation they didn't believe in, but I mean, like they didn't believe could happen to them or didn't don't know how to like, you know, get past. But I, I love the feeling it creates. Cause I remember as soon as this episode would come up when I was a little kid, I'd feel anxious and like worried, right. you know? Yeah. I love that. Uh, you, when you think about this episode, when you're a kid, if you ask like, what is this episode about? At least I would answer this episode is about rock bottom and how he's, he, he's yeah. in rock bottom. But when you revisit the episode, you realize it's really not about that. They they don't explore rock bottom at all. And it just remains this like mystery, which is appropriate because when you're a kid and you get taken to the wrong town or just the wrong side of town, like you don't know what is beyond two blocks past you. All you know yeah. is that you're in the in the wrong place and you should be scared. And then really like this episode is about a bus, <laughs> you know, like, uh, in fact, the, the working yeah. title of this episode was, I think the wrong bus. Um, and just so genius that the, the problem of the episode is SpongeBob can't catch a bus, but the no pun intended vehicle that they choose to explore that through is that he ends up at the bottom of a Marine trench, which is just so visually interesting to look at. No. And it, and it really does like, they're like, all right, how do we get SpongeBob into a compromising place? You know, but it's not like he traveled, you know, they don't want to show traveling or it's not really about traveling or going a long distance. They're like, how could this happen? And they, they like draw upon a real thing, like a trench, you know, with a whole different ecosystem of creatures and stuff like that. But I remember thinking that like, it was so weird when I was a little kid, that 90 degree angle turn, right? you know, where they go, where they go up into the, uh, or down to the trench. I was like, what is that for? You know, like, right. why is that there? It's perfect. Cause it just like represents the insurmountable task of getting home when you're lost. You know, it's like totally. a literal cliff you know, that you go off. It's a literal trench you're in. And I just love how, you know, it's like one of those things where I remember when I was a kid, I was like, how did I knew what was happening before it was happening? Like the fact that he couldn't get on the bus or that every time he went away, you know, like all the frustrations he begins to have with it. I like totally knew that as a kid, like that that was going to happen because I've had those myself. Like the, the episode is about this non-tangible feeling, which I really love. That's like, when nothing works out for, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's really perfect. How you put that. So, uh, SpongeBob, uh, of course tells Patrick, um, to wait there. And, you know, at least fortunately for SpongeBob, Patrick's going to be with him the entire time through this episode. Uh, okay. You wait for the bus. Call me if it comes. I'm going to get a bus schedule. Boy, this place sure is creepy. Hey, SpongeBob, the bus is here. I guess Grandpa Squarepants was right. Don't run for a bus. So SpongeBob is stuck alone. Uh, such like a ridiculous start. And I just adore that Patrick is just bawling. 
<laughs> we oh, try, know, try to like get Pat or SpongeBob to catch up with him. Um, just so good. Like it just like sets the tone perfectly of like how scared SpongeBob should be. And even just like the yeah. shakiness in his voice of like, uh, okay, we'll, we'll figure this out. Like you just wait here. You're kind of like, okay, like it's going to be okay or whatever. <laughs> and then that Patrick is just like bawling. It like sets the tone of like, oh no, no, he should be yeah. very scared right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love it because it's like Patrick is so much of a child. He doesn't understand based like he's like, he got on the bus, you know, he left SpongeBob. <laughs> Right. But he didn't really like, actually think through that, like, what would happen, you know, like the fact that he would leave and SpongeBob would be left if he got on <laughs> <Right>. that bus. <laughs> like, why did uh, Patrick get on the bus? It's so funny. Yeah, I remember when I was a little kid, I was always thinking, I'm like, why did Patrick get on the bus, you know? And it's like such a, I, but at the same time, it's like a kid would get on the bus, you know what I mean? Right. Like, the kid wouldn't know how to like articulate <laughs> what he needs to the bus driver. He would just get on and be like, Oh no, the other guy's not here and worry, you know? And like, right. especially when you're with a friend and you got separated at a young uh, age, immediate, right? Like you're not supposed to be anywhere alone. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And literally it, it how just, he can't even walk back. Like he can't taste right. the bus. Because those, those runs where he tries to get up it and it's just like, gravity just doesn't work for him or something like that <laughs> right. i think that's am- i think that's amazing because it like makes no sense but it makes perfect sense at the same time it like represents something much bigger than actually what it is but as a little kid i was always so frustrated i'm like why would they have you know a thing like that right yeah <laughs> like, totally isn't that funny that yeah. that's like such a hard to articulate but you just feel frustrated by every detail so the obvious one is that he can't catch a bus but just the fact yeah. that that there would be a 90 degree angle. You're like, that's stupid. Why would an architect like design it that way? Um, And I just love every detail, especially in in this next uh, like kind of section of the episode. It's almost entirely just visual gags. There's next to no dialogue. Um, And just every detail is meant to feel bizarre and make you uncomfortable and frustrated. Even just, yeah, even just the fact that like it's windy and SpongeBob's cold and his face is flapping in the wind is so ridiculous. Um, And then of course, like the famous uh, scene of, of SpongeBob trying to get a candy bar and he can't stop the bus from driving away without him. It's like, you know, when he's like, it reminds me of like, you know, like some weird Kafka or murky Murakami novel, you uh-huh. know, where like and objects are connected in ways that don't make any sense. Like when he purses, puts his hand on that kelp bar right. and the engine starts going, you know, as he's doing it, I, I thought that was like so representative, you know, like it's so amazing too. Like why do kids get that? Right. You know, and it's just so perfect. Like as a kid, you get that, like sometimes others misfortune is, is funny. Uh, not necessarily in a mean way though, maybe sometimes like in a mean spirited way, but just like the dramatic irony of like, I can't believe that happens to, to that character. Yeah. And in a, in a lesser cartoon, it would be that they get hit by a train or yeah. a, a hot iron falls on their face and SpongeBob. It's just like, he can't catch a bus. <laughs> like that's yeah. just so emblematic of what makes SpongeBob so so pure but so like you said sophisticated yeah because you know like problems in life are not easy you know and they're not like things you need to surmount you know like a monster or a mountain or something like that they're like these weird things that you can't quite articulate or explain you know the problem like 
I like, I just remember thinking like that, that bus that he's in, like, it really has no driver. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's no, that bus is its own entity. It's like, it's, it's waiting for SpongeBob and it acts in SpongeBob's life to ruin it. And I mean, like you can't articulate things like that, but that's how it feels like where you just are like in rock bottom, you know, so to speak or something like that, right. or you're just having day or you know whatever that means for you and like there are things that just seem so cruel and not human you know Uh based on like what they do and like this bus just from my i remember once i missed a bus that like made me miss a flight you know yeah i saw that bus like there was no people on that bus do you know what i mean it was just an object of my misfortune it was just like kind of strange arbiter or you know angry you know angel or demon or something that was like affecting my life and like i love that that's what you get you know at no point does spongebob try to like reason with the bus you know right he just tries to catch it uh-huh. <laughs> i i because he knows that there's no one in there that's going to understand you know i i love i just love the way that they handled it you know there's no bus driver there's no you know another show would would have made it funny that he missed it and would have made you know the bus driver mean right. or like angry or like just impatient or something. And this show knows that like that's not really where the fear comes from. The fear comes from that these adult or weird parts of life that work into this mechanism are like you're going to be left out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And like the bus is a perfect example of that. So that's that's why I wanted to be this episode is because I specifically remember the bus and how I'm like, man, there's never been an episode where like a bus is a bad guy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, yeah. And you said it perfectly where it's like, you're supposed to feel the empathy for SpongeBob. You're not supposed to laugh at what happens to him. Right. You know, and it, it very clearly, like you're supposed to watch SpongeBob empathetically. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. That's so well put. So we were talking in the last uh, episode during ARG how, how fun it is when you see SpongeBob kind of get pushed back past his breaking point. Um, and SpongeBob yeah. gets uh, several points here where, like, we've all been kids and watched our parent, like, break in traffic yeah. or in line for something. Um, this next line here, we see SpongeBob again, like, try to take control, and he's just, like, lost it um, and just can't get a break. This the bottom of this right now. I want a bus to Bikini Bottom. I am first in line and no one is going to tell me otherwise. Okay, second. I am second in line. Okay, third is good. Fourth, not bad. Okay, 329. I am 329th in line, and nobody forget it. (laughs) So I just, like, I wrote down here, like, there is always something new to look at in this episode. Uh, Like we mentioned earlier, all these fish are just actually based on actual deep sea fish. Obviously, they've been made to look cartoony, but you've got angler fish, eels, just, like, so entertaining. And then just, like, watching SpongeBob, like, I am going to, like you know, rip someone a new one and then just slowly kind of get worn down. Um, but then yeah. this, this next clip, it's, it's very, very short, but just so well observed of when somebody loses it, uh, in public and kind of the voyeurism of people staring at them, but then quickly trying to pretend like they didn't even notice. <laughs> I 
I just love that sound of all of them like turning as if they weren't staring at him just break down. You know, yeah, perfect, perfect example of like what you're supposed to feel there. You're supposed to feel not only like anger for SpongeBob, but like embarrassment. You know what I mean? Because it's like embarrassing, like what happened to him, that whole thing. And I mean, that's like what I mean. Like you're supposed to feel that embarrassment and you're like that weird shuffle. Like that's such an adult thing, you know, to have people and you when you're breaking down or something like that. Or like if you've ever cried in public, which we all had, you know, Uh it's the thing where everybody's looking at you and like it suddenly becomes not about the sad thing, but about everybody looking at you. And I mean, it's perfect too. how like when you're trying to like do something or, or you need something to happen for yourself or you're trying to do something in public, like the, the people in line become monsters or enemies, you know, right. like, and they're literally drawn as this, but the, there's something about a line that like others people so much too, you know, mm-hmm. it's either you so like, you so want to believe that everybody in line is against you. Totally. Well, and the fact that apparently, you know, whatever Patrick did, it worked immediately for him. Um, and then I just love that, like you're saying, like just how the bus doesn't have a driver, like it's just an entity to represent like mm-hmm. just his lot in life. Likewise, yeah, like you said, these the people in the line aren't people. Like the line itself is yeah. another entity made up of just these like demons that are just just exist to torture SpongeBob um, and make yeah. him feel like he just can't get ahead and that he's, you know far away from home i also remember i don't know about you but watching that like line go past was one of my favorite parts of this episode just right. because i mean they did monsters so well like yeah. they did scary they uh-huh. didn't wimp out i don't know how you feel about that but yeah i always yeah. thought that some spongebob or like weirdly pretty freaky you know like not anything you'd really want to put in a kid's show yeah you can look up the um i don't know what to cut like behind the scenes or like kind of character models that they make for these episodes and they obviously have created all new they call them incidentals um for this episode and the amount of specific detail put into them it's just like so good and just makes it like they didn't have to go that extra mile but it just it's that like tender love and care that like makes it takes it to another level. Um, I love SpongeBob's uh, kind of scientific read <laughs> on um, how bad things get. And I love, 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 uh, like this might be my favorite line of the show, this next one here. This isn't your average everyday darkness. This is advanced darkness. Hey, if I close my eyes, it doesn't seem so dark. Who's there? Well, I guess that spot will be there tomorrow. I think I better just keep walking. Running! Better start running! 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 Sprinting! Yes! I just gotta keep sprinting! Sitting! Sitting! Bleeding! Hey! Who's there? Okay, that's enough! Don't come closer! I'm warning you! I'm a sponge! It's just so well done how they make you as a kid feel like I should be very scared right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it. it's also just that thing where like that moment, I remember when he stuck there overnight, you know, right. I was like, oh, my worst fear. <laughs> I was like, okay. uh-huh. Oh, I was like, that is like, that is the, that is the essence of fear is like not me. <laughs> where you're supposed to be or like i remember when it got dark too i i love that i never really like 
you know, you don't get, when I was a little kid, I just didn't get how everyone was so unhelpful. You know, I was like, like he's clearly doesn't belong here. Why is no one helping him? And I remember as you get older, you start having those experiences where it's like, no matter what, no one's going to help you. You know, like Mm -hmm. you have to like, you have to just get it done yourself. I love when he's like trying to talk to that guy. And I mean, every little thing goes wrong with him, right? Like, right. The language he has an accent that's difficult for them to understand, so they don't, they can't even really understand him. But then at the same time, and it's called an accent, which is hilarious because yeah, they're, yeah. they're so, like they're so good at saying like, "Oh, this accent is inhibiting," but it's also just a dumb thing that you should look past, you know, because it's like a little, you know, it's literally right. just a you know a little piece of like gross dumb lexicon or something like that that's just around. It just like explores the mental space of like nothing working out that advanced darkness scene is like yeah you know not only a meme or anything because it's like the perfect example of when nothing works you know nothing really does work you know like light won't work because there's a special kind of darkness that you need for this you know it's like if you've ever tried to like you know something works perfectly and then you like try to do it again somewhere else and there's all these like problems that you didn't realize would arise and stuff like that i mean it's just like the technical, practical edge of just everything going wrong. And I, I love that. The darkness is a perfect thing because it's like, in what other situation would darkness be so inhibiting, you know, to like turn off light? <laughs> right. And uh, it's like uh, so genius on like a couple levels. For one, just we've all been in situations where like this is beyond darkness, this is advanced darkness, which I just love his like scientific read on it. (laughs) But then two, just again, props to the writers, like advanced darkness is kind of technically a thing in like a trench where like the water, there's just so much that light can't even reach it anymore. Um, And so it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. I don't know if they're like, they came up with a darkness joke and then thought, oh, that's perfect. Or if they're like, you know, trying to think of plot devices and think, oh, it's really dark in a, in a marine trench, but just so genius and so incredible. But then so sweet and like some of the best SpongeBob episodes, like bring SpongeBob so low and then just have like just a sweet stranger uh, help him out. And that's kind of like what we get yeah. here um, at the ends of, of this episode here. Hey, I get it. Balloon travel. Thank you. You're welcome. Home at last. Don't worry, SpongeBob, I'm coming back for you. It's <laughs> a so very silly oh ending. God. You're left wondering what's going to happen to Patrick. But I, I, I just love to think that at the end of the day, SpongeBob now doesn't trust anyone. Um, and of course, his saving grace would be another person being a spongebob you know just like yeah. out, out of the goodness of their heart chasing down the balloon to help a stranger out yeah and, and i mean like the whole idea too that like he was not wrong you know like right i he was wrong to try to seek help he wasn't naive you know sometimes things just do not work and like it's the perfect way to say that is like one of these things he thinks is useless you know one of these right. attempts to like talk to someone or ha- have someone help him like the most useless one where this guy just chases after his balloon right is the one that saves him you know and it's like that idea that 
you know, even if things go wrong at one point, doesn't mean that they won't go right the next time, you know, totally. and that you should, you should trust your better instincts. Cause it's like truly SpongeBob's better instincts that like save him, you know, right. He can't force his way out of there. He has to like ask for someone to help. And then when it goes right, it goes right so quickly. Like literally he blows a balloon up and it takes him directly home. You know, there's no bus schedules or like waiting in line or anything. It just, it happens quickly. And I right. love it because it's like daybreak, right? When he gets over that hump and everything. And I remember it being such a relief when that happens and just being like, he was right. Like he wasn't wrong. Cause the whole time I was watching this, I was just like, what can he win? You know, is totally. this a world in which like SpongeBob is just like ill suited to be, you know, a person or anything like that. It's like not true. He, his kindness and his like kind of belief in people around him really did in the end save him. You know, it's just also that like when things go wrong, they go wrong. You know, right. <laughs> I, I love that. Cause I mean, I think that was like one of those things that's like hard to believe when you're a kid. It's like when things are bad, you're like, it won't ever get better. You know, right. time seems so far away and like, you can't imagine things being fixed and things like that. But man, does it really like, if you give stuff time, you know, things really can make themselves better. And, right. you know, it's such a sweet ending. And I think like, at the time, I thought it was such a random one where they just needed to end the episode, you know? Totally. But, like, when I rewatched really it, I was like, oh, no, it's, like, so specifically designed that his, like, first, you know, most naive, you know, thing right. that he did, which was, like, ask someone just around him for help, was the right, right move, you know? Right. I, I really love that. Yeah, you kind of think throughout the episode, like, the episode literally starts off with... SpongeBob is enamored with gloves. He's leaving a theme yeah. park built around gloves and he tries to get by by just like asking for help. And you think like, is the lesson that like quit being a SpongeBob because there are no other SpongeBobs. You're on your own. Yeah. You're screwed. Right. But then by the end, what is the thing that saves him? One, his childlike wonder for the world, literally the glove. And then two, like there are other SpongeBob's out there. You just have to keep going once you've hit rock bottom, um, and yeah. you, you will make it over that ninety degree hill. Uh, and then in just like the most magical, peaceful way, like ukulele playing, sunrise. Yeah. Like he doesn't just like get a ride back. He he flies through the air and just like gracefully lands back uh, in in bikini bottom in front of his house. And I. I don't know. This might be me just like pulling it out of nowhere, but I can't help but feel like I don't want to. I don't know if I want to say like uh, Alfred Hitchcock or George Orwell, but like kind of like a sci-fi short story ending where mm -hmm. he just goes through through the looking glass on this bizarre adventure, and his one evidence of this adventure pops at the end, and now he's just like back right. at, at his home, like normal, you know. And it was so perfect, right? It popped. Right as he got on the ground, right, right as he was home, you know? And I mean, it's just like sometimes the winds, the winds of fate or luck or chance or whatever right. you'd like to call it are just on your side. And sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're against you in ways that are so, you know, they're so vague that you, you just can't help but think that there's like an entity, right. you know, that like is like against you or right. that there's like some kind of, uh, you know, literally something pulling you towards rock bottom. But then when you get out of it, it happens so quickly and so easily. Right. And, you know, 
the the glove pops right then. And it also I love like the glove thing is just so funny, you know. And <laughs> right. it's, it's definitely an artistic gesture just to be like, oh, just such a meaningless carnival, totally. you know. But it truly is. You're right. I didn't think of it like that with the glove, but that meaningless, obvious kid thing to do, you know, for them, totally. where it's just like, why do you like this? You know, is <laughs> so like important to him. You know, it like helps him get home. That's so good. Uh, ordinarily at the end of the podcast, I would ask my guest, uh, what made you pick this episode, but I don't know if there's (laughs) anything more to add. So I'll just kick it over to you to have the final word. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts on, on this episode or just SpongeBob in general? I don't know. I, you know, I'm an, I'm an artist and, uh, so much about art is like about telling stories and, and saying things that, you know, are difficult to say in words, you know, or maybe impossible to even say, you know, general things and ideas that, you know, they don't, for some reason, you know, the, the medium of words don't work so well. And I mean, like to describe, you could write for hours what this episode makes you feel. And I think that's like the real beauty of SpongeBob is that even though it's like such a, all the ideas are so simple and, you know, the premise itself is a very silly premise, but they truly do find a way in such a small amount of time. And then with such seemingly, you know, like silly, devoid of realism characters, they really do get these really complex human emotions that I don't know what other better way there is to tell that thing, you know, or give that idea than how SpongeBob does it. (laughs) And I know that's silly, but for kids, at least, I think it's a, it was a great tool. I I looked back on SpongeBob a lot in my life for advice, which is something I will not say about nearly any other program. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast and thank you, listener. Uh, This has been ARG and Rock Bottom. Uh, Remember, you can always write in to uh, sponge at spamrobots.com with your thoughts or questions. Next week, we're going to be back with Walking Small and Texas. Um, But until then, uh, stay fancy. I couldn't think of any funny line again. (laughs) Goodbye. Glove flavored. <laughs> <laughs>